Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Julian Villard here, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Real Gentleman of Queens. I'm coming to you for this intro without my co-host, Mr. Biski, a.k.a. Brian Coyazzo, yet again. He has a really hard time making these intros, guys. It's a lot to even get him just to record this podcast, let me tell you. So be grateful for what you get. Uh, you may have noticed we've been gone for a little bit. We went on a month-long hiatus because I moved. I changed locations, and I am broadcasting to you from a brand new, even more quiet studio. Very excited about that. I'll go more into my move in future episodes and where I am and all that stuff, but uh, needless to say, we've got a brand new episode for you, uh, and going forward, we're going to have tons more brand new content. There will be no lapse in recording, I promise. There will not be another one. We have an episode that we recorded before the move with the incredible... Mr. Elliot Glazer of Broad City fame and other things. Uh, he's also in American Pickle on HBO Max. He is a very, very funny man. And we talked to him not about good music, but about bad music. That's right. This episode is called Cream of the Crap. Elliot is hysterical and has an incredible musical knowledge of bad music. So it was so much fun to get to hate on stuff with him. I don't want to tell you too much more. This episode was an absolute blast. We had so much fun with him. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new episode of The Real Gentleman of Queens. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Real Gentleman of Queens. I am your host, Julian Villard. What up, what up? This is Biski Collazo. Live and direct from the nursery, as always. Yes, we are surrounded by baby stuff. That's how we roll. Um, and we are back with another installment and in genre exploration. And I am so excited for this episode. I have done 10 episodes where I've had to talk positively about music, talk about all the intricacies <laughs> and the stuff I love. But today, we get I get to really sink my teeth into hating on stuff, which is something You're that right, I because we're not we, we're not that much as much as we love music. We're not really music lovers. We're hate tours. We're hate tours. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Spelled we H-A- shit on stuff all day. H a t e u r. Hey, tour. Yes. Um, and we have an incredible. We have we have a person who has elevated the. It's not. He doesn't even hate songs. It's like because it's beyond hatred. It's it's he's immortalizing awfulness. Um, mm. He is, hosts his own um, show, which is a live stream and a live show. When that used to happen, called haunting renditions. Uh, you've seen him in Broad City, and he's currently in an American Pickle, which is out on HBO Max. Uh, give it up for the one and the only Mr. Elliot Glazer. Elliot, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're great. We are so excited Thanks for this. Thanks for having me. Um, you're, you're... I, I like to think I don't... I'd like to think that the music that we do in Haunting Renditions, I mean, the, the general tagline is we make bad songs good, but even that is like a little bit of a stretch because I still love these songs that I quote unquote hate or that I want to like, it's sort of like poking fun at music that is often like generational, you know, but like the, the gamut runs pretty, pretty wide from like the eighties to now. Well, I think that's one very interesting thing that you brought up because I noticed that a lot of our selections are recent, right? Which I think Mm -hmm. may speak to our demographic and our age, because I think there are songs that, we probably love that our parents hated. There's no way. My dad loved Knocking the Boots by H-Town. <laughs> Pops love that shit. My parents are very into O-Town. Very oh, into nice. O-Town. Uh, 
I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so easy for every generation to be like, what is this? What is this, you know, garbage you're listening to now back in my day. But I also think like I'm 37. I think I came of age at like the height of some pretty trap, like limp biscuit. And then like the whole like slut wave movement of like, <laughs> of like the, like the, the, the epitome, the, the height of the slut wave movement is like, the Lady Marmalade remix with Christina Aguilera. It's like just, it's like diarrhea, you know? It's like oral, like melodic. It's just like, like just so much shit. It's so excessive. You are, you know? Like I say this a lot because we, we've definitely had some incredible guests, but you are a perfect guest for the show because you have the verbosity and the linguistic skills, but also because you're an incredible singer, the musical knowledge oh, to talk about how awful this music is it's this is glorious Thank you. it's glorious um yeah part of me feel like a, like a douche though because i'm like even though i am like a you know dro- opera school dropout and i can I, I you know i have musical abilities i still feel like well who the fuck am i to make fun of fred durst or who you know who, who am i who to the like fuck are any of us honestly because we are all hating let's let, we, let's get that out of the way speak for, like, speak I, for yourselves speak, gentlemen speak, speak, for, speak for yourself because if, i have if, every right to hate all these songs but go ahead no no, no. And, and i and i hate them all however if if only any of my compositions could be reviled by somebody as one of the worst songs of all time that, that, that to be known enough uh that would have meant uh, that i made a pretty penny off of it you know what i mean See, I, I'm a, both of you guys clearly are versed in commercialism. I am a pure artist, and I speak from the heart. You're the My, Bernie Sanders of the songwriters. I am the I am I am the Medicare for all of songwriters. <laughs> and let me tell you right now that my hatred for this music is pure. It is unfiltered by any desire to succeed or to appear valuable or good. I just think this is some awful awful music uh so we do have yeah, a, we want some really rough some really bad ones yeah i think i mean but but i think what's very interesting is that these are songs that aren't just bad because there's lots of bad music out there and, and and bad isn't special these are especially bad because of where they live in the context of of the canon time exactly and then what was like the the sort of cultural um barometer at the moment you know, and they have not aged. No, well. no, not at all. Um, so the playlist for this is uh, titled. This uh, episode is titled uh, "RGOQ EP 11." My incredible playlist titling. We're calling this episode "The Cream of the Crap," um, and we're going to lead off with one of Elliot's selections. Now, normally we break this down into categories where we have sort of the quintessential song and the outlier song and the goat song, but. I got so excited when I saw the songs that Elliot was sending through that I just said, you know what? We're just going to talk about awful music. I'm, you can hear, you can hear I'm bursting. I'm bursting. So we don't even need a cat. We're just going to get into it straight away with your first selection. And I have to say, this is an excellent, this is like a, this is like a Chateauneuf de Pop 68. <laughs> it's just, oh, I can taste the hatred on this thing. Well, there is a special place in hell for, uh, white people doing reggae music, as we all know. Somehow the police, I think, were able to do it in a way that just worked, you know? Like, good police, good music by the police is still good, and you can roll your eyes if you, you know, when you think about it from the reggae perspective, but there's that, there's a band, I think this was 2000, I don't know, 15 or something, maybe well, a little We don't want earlier. you to give this away yet. We're going to play the tune a little bit and then you're going to, you're going to oh. rap over it. You know what I mean? If you can, if some people, some of our guests have had a hard time multitasking, but I, oh, because understood. you can set the scene okay. as much as you want with describing the context, but really 
Nothing will set the scene better than this. It's a story. <laughs> Painting a picture. Okay, so Elliot, who are we listening to? Who is this band? Well, this is a band called Magic, and they have an exclamation point at the end of their name. Which is so annoying. Like, if, you have, if you're in a band or you're a solo performer or whatever you want to be, why in the world would you make your name so ungoogleable? Magic? See, I, the song, I was thinking it was like Magic, but that's a song by that band. By, by, I think it's Pilot, though. Whoa, oh, it's magic, but I got no. That's a good song. Pilot, but Pilot even works better for a band name, but unfortunately, Magic <laughs> is the band, and the song is called Rude. So, why is this song awful? Well, there's two reasons. One is because it's that sort of white reggae that is just, you know, the music video is what really, when you see who's singing the song, it's like, oh, no, <laughs> like, it has that sort of, like, juvenile sublime thing you know where like 11 year olds or like into sublime but it's like you don't realize who this is borrowing from like you don't you guys don't so get you're saying that there's yet, a high know? level of cultural misappropriation it's isn't just it, like isn't it canadian oh. white reggae on top of that oh i think no, these guys are canadian it? yeah i think they're canadian oh, oh god <laughs> yeah this this is tough not just because it's white reggae but because the song is Ba- bafflingly <laughs> archaic in its story. It's like a guy, a, a guy like asking his girlfriend's father for permission to marry her, but he's like insistent he's going to marry her anyway. But the whole <laughs> thing leaves her out of the equation. We don't know anything about her, and the whole song is basically this guy being like, "It's my duty and my mission to get the permission of the man." And it's like, what era is this from? It's so archaic. So. When you sing, the song's called Embracing Rude. the Patriarchy. Yeah, this is a, this is a... I mean, it is. It's deeply misogynistic. Why you got to be so rude? It's like... Is he talking to the girl you. or the father-in-law? The future... The, the father. father. Yeah, so yeah. he's like... We don't I, hear from the girl. She's got no agency. Right, so, so the girl... No agency. <laughs> so he said, when he's saying why... Because I remember this song... First of all, this song was inescapable in bodegas from basically 2000, whatever, 16 or 15 till like literally for two years, this and Justin Bieber's Sorry uh, oh were just, yes. I, I couldn't get away from them. But I'm, I would I, took me like, you know, maybe the 12th listen to zone in on the fact that like there, he's asking the father-in-law for permission in the song. And that's who he's saying. Oh. I thought he was talking to the girl, but no, he's talking to the father-in-law and he's saying, why you got to be so Who's rude? The I'm going to marry her anyway. I'm going to marry her anyway. It's like, it's again it's like there's the man the 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 girl the the fiance she has no agency and the whole song is this guy like steamrolling his potential father-in-law to like get permission and it's like but but, and and, you know again one of my fallbacks on this podcast i talk a lot about narrative and but like what what critical sense of urgency birthed this song right that like a guy was like i'm so worked up i gotta have permission from the father although i don't i want to like i mean like i just it's such a very strange song to sing you know it seems like the the, the urgency that would force a character or in like for this narrative to happen it's bizarre like how do they even come up with this thing right in what scenario is a man like oh yeah daddy like 
why are you why are you so rude, Dad? <laughs> like it's so weird. It's such a such a weird, like weirdly an, like anachronistic song that thematically makes no like the the part the thing about it is that it's so creepily misogynistic that you wouldn't think that it could exist. I'm trying to look up the er, the year it came out, but you wouldn't think that the song could exist in it looks like it's 2014 okay 2014 i i, I mean that's bananas to, no, no nobody wants that in 2014 you know so, we didn't want that so you're saying this this song like would have if it this song would not survive in the me too era i really don't you think th- it you would. think that I awareness really would come I, out maybe i think so i mean the idea of a, a of a of a a man begging another man, like two men talking about a woman and leaving her completely out of the conversation. Like, absolutely not. That's just, no, absolutely not. And then when he says no, he kind of, he kind of, you know, he makes a riff out of it. He's like teasing him. I'm going to marry tantrum. that girl. Marry her anyway. <laughs> Imagine him like doing that to, I, in the dad's face. I do feel like this was the song of summer in 2014, unfortunately. Is this also feels like a very, an opportune moment for a skit to happen at a wedding, right? Am I, where oh, it's like, where it's like the, get the father-in-law involved. And I mean, I don't know. Um, this is an incredible choice. And I think it is an, a great way to sort of frame what we're about to talk about of, the, of just these songs that uh, they're incredulous. That is the best way to describe it. All right, let's move on to Brian's first selection, which is another brilliant choice because there's so many problems with this song. Uh, let's just, we'll get right into it. I'll cue it up. Now I want to let everybody know. Don't play know, it for too long because I, I I'll like throw these headphones off. And so just, well, I'll, I'll storm out of here. See, I had I, I I had a hard time really delineating what sort of made my blood boil and what I actually felt like qualified for this this mm. song. So just to be clear, um, I'm going to start the song, but there is a recorded false start on the song, which is the most. <laughs> it's like they're feigning the authenticity from the go. Here we go. Uh. Wait, did they not do it on this version? Or maybe they cut it out. I thought there always was. Yeah. I guess there's not. I remember they used to, they used to have a false start on the radio. This, here, here's number one why I hate this song. They ripped that melody off from fucking Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby. <laughs> I'm sure that's that's the piano good. ballad that you hear when David Banner's oh, no. like hitchhiking down the road. There it is. He just goes, my life is brilliant. Oh. He waits. And then he starts again. Jesus. My love is pure. This recording is a hot steaming turd. How much of the time is this? Like, this sounds 2003 as fuck. I mean, well, first of all, who are we listening to, Brian? Uh, we are listening to Mr. James Blunt. And the song was called You're Beautiful. Oh, Jesus. Oof. Listen to, oh, God. By the way, uh, when I lived in London and I was signed to a major label, were you there at this time? Uh, yeah, right after this. Right after okay. this. He was, he's super fucking cool in person. He's actually a very, very nice guy. Is he? Oh, he's very cool. He's like totally down to earth. Not like this character in the song. So, and I remember also, I think Oprah like had him on the show. That's how big of a deal this song was when it came this out. Song Oprah was did a special. Huge. Oh my God, it was huge. The song was huge. It was like, I remember in the era, it like, 
was like on almost it felt like it was on every episode of American Idol. Yeah. And I felt like I was taking crazy pills at the time. And and now when kind of researching to find out some information on the song, I, I was surprised to see that it's actually on a bunch of the like worst song ever lists. Like a lot of people feel the same way about it as I do, because it felt at the time that I was the only one like, does anybody notice that this song is garbage? I think it's just so trite. It's just, it's just very trite Ugh. and very it's like simple when the song is simple it's too it's so simple that you're like this you could have re- read this on like a piece of driftwood at like tj max right you know? right and it's like you know first off his voice is like nails on a chalkboard to me i oh, hear that god. and I, I oh my god i just i want to assault that, someone that, vib- that tight vibrato yeah i don't like that i don't like it it's yeah it's 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 fucking terrible so, um some he was a wasn't he like a his because part of this whole thing was tied up in his story. We were at that, you know, where he I think he was a, a army tank captain or something. And he wrote James the, Blunt was, yeah, he was like a he was like a British military guy who like no happened, yeah, absolutely, who happened to write this song. I don't know. Do you have oh, wow. any more any uh, historical biographical context for us? Well, he said James Blunt said of the song that uh, it's it's something that's always been portrayed as romantic, but it's actually a bit creepy. It's about a guy uh, who's high and stalking someone else's girlfriend on the subway, and then the stalker kills himself. Which okay, that makes me like it a little it, more. It makes right, it makes me feel a little bit better. I'm like, oh, well, I, that feels like that feels like some retroactive framing of the song. Is that like uh, yeah, to, you know, trying to make it a little darker and hipper than it really is? You know, maybe, yeah, maybe that's yeah, why. Maybe. It's, maybe it's sort of earnesty is what makes it so unbelievably creepy you know it's like maybe they're okay there has to be something sinister here because it's so much it's so transparent i gotta read i gotta read to you uh the little note about that false start right so it says here in the beginning of the song blunt sings the first line twice my life is brilliant the mistimed delivery was left in the final recording but admitted in most radio versions but here's 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 the best part uh, uh american treasure mr weird al yankovic uh parodied this song uh and uh with a with a recording called you're pitiful and after the initial start, he says, what, was I too early? Oh, oh sorry. Should I, do you want to start over or keep, or keep going now? And then begins the song again. That I always remembered that's, it was such a strange thing hearing that when that false start happens, because it's just, it reeks of this like fake on, I don't, it was just, there's something about it made my skin crawl as soon as he would, you know, like something, it's like, yeah, there's nothing we're... cool about this suit. Like, don't try and do cool shit. You know what I mean? This song is sentimental, tacky crap. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's garbage. Uh, would would you ever was, consider doing this in haunting renditions, Elliot? Have you uh, done this? I haven't. No, no, I haven't. I think it's it's so like it's just so on the I don't know. It's so on the nose and like there's not much to do with it. It's already kind of annoying. Um, it's already kind of annoying. According to this Wikipedia uh, entry, this is the first single by a British artist to reach the U.S. number one since Elton John's "Candle in the Wind." 97. Oh my God. I mean, this song was so big. I So I worked with Sasha Scarbeck with, when I was here. So this song was written by James Blunt, Sasha Scarbeck, and Amanda Ghost. Right. right. Sasha and Scarbeck wrote uh, Wrecking Ball. Did he write Wrecking Ball too? Very yeah, nice. And Amanda Ghost nice. uh, co-wrote uh, uh, Beautiful Liar with Beyonce and Shakira so, and Jordan Sparks for Single Tattoo. That's right. Yeah. So Amanda Ghost also became the head of Sony on the back of this song. Right. Like she basically became the head of a record label due to her and then but the thing is is that apparently she didn't really write it she was just in the room was one of those stories from what that the two of them wrote it and they just kind of that's the least the way they portray it is that because she doesn't even have a third of the song she has like a 10 percent or something but uh um all right i'm gonna come in i'm we're we're, we've so much good bad music to get through so if there was a goat category 
I think this would be this song would be my goat because it is so hellaciously inappropriate on so many levels. Ugh. They have so many to choose from too. Mm. My favorite part, another great intro. <laughs> Where here it goes. Ellie and I are covering our faces like, oh my god. International Big Mega Radio Smasher. <laughs> It's just relentless, this song. It's just relentless. Yo. This is uh, the Black Eyed Peas. Tell us us who it is, yes. The uh, once legit underground hip-hop group. They were so good when they were good. Yo, as someone who bought... I had those records back in late 90s when they they first came out with... uh, I saw saw Black Eyed Peas open for OutKast. At Tramps oh, in like wow. 98, 99. Joints uh, and Jams. Is that the song? Joints and Jams. Yeah, Joints and Jams. The- yep. Yep. Fallen, oh. Fallen Up was the first single. Joints and Jams was the second single. I mean, look, I know you got to make your money, but like, if, there's, if there were ever a definition of like selling out to make, to do like bad music, it was Will no, I Am. No, Will I Am should be tried for war crimes. <laughs> I also would like to point out that like, it takes about two minutes into the song till we actually have a lyric that they didn't that they wrote like <laughs> right because the beginning of it is the song from Dirty Dancing right. I, I mean yeah th- this I mean they've, they've written they've had so many songs between I've Got a Feeling uh, what's is it what's it what's the real what's it called Lovely Lady Humps what's that one My Humps Lump. My Humps my, lady, oh. my Humps My Lovely my Lady humps. lumps. I mean these guys are like at a different level of a well that there's that one too that's so i i said trite before but it really is it's like it was their first like breakout like mainstream song which was i gotta look at about it where was, is the it, love featuring justin timberlake oh god yeah. that song is awful and it's like this it was so of its moment but like this fake consciousness uh, yeah you know bad. where's the love people, people are dying people dying people killing people dying it's like it doesn't mean like that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't change my yeah. Where's the say, where's the love? The love? The love? What like what do you mean? This song's not what you're right. I I need to like express more love because Fergie told me to. You know, but that's before we we understood Fergie as. I mean, I kind of so wh- how many albums did they put out before Fergie shows up? Two, two yeah, two one albums, two. and they were yeah, legit, they were and they're legit. Two. Legit, Old. yeah. It was it was it was, it was Will great. I Am, Apple D App, and Taboo, and then they had a female vocalist that that I'm not sure if she was a, a full fledged member of the band, but she sang on a lot of their records. Her, her name was Kim Hill, and she was she was tremendous. Um, and then it was like a you could just see what a calculated move it was because out of nowhere, now their their music was so saccharine pop, and oh Kim Hill was out of the group, and they got a blonde white girl that used to sing in Wild Orchid, you know, Wild singing Orchid. their hooks. It, ugh. Somebody told me, I forget who it was, but they were at a wedding and uh, Fergie and her husband at the time, I guess, Josh Dumel were there. And apparently she, they, my, this person introduced themselves and said like, hi, my name is whatever. And she said, hi, I'm Fergie Ferg. Fergie Ferg? <laughs> she literally was Fergie Ferg. I love that. <laughs> it's like, girl, isn't your name Stacy? <laughs> Have you seen Your the video is- of her? Is she, she's on like Good Morning America or something like that performing and she's just just doing like gymnastics moves throughout the she's, she oh. seems like high on um on amphetamines. Oh, but I don't know. That that moment with the um 
the national anthem was particularly painful yeah, was... and i think sort of exposed i don't even think she's a bad singer i really don't no, like she she can this... sing i think in in that moment she like it's like a matter of like taste level and you can like turn it up or down and in that moment it was turned so down but she thought she was being really t- like tactful and i mean experimental and it there's something about her vocal approach that always kind of just, it's just, and I, and I actually think one of the songs that didn't make the cut, which is um, Big Girls Don't Cry, I actually think that's the finest distillation. I mean, yes, I know you have, there. that is a problematic song, but- I don't like- But there's, her vocal, I'm like, okay, that feels like a Fergie I could get down with, you know, like there's something about her on the Black Eyed Peas tracks where she's coming in so hot and so- you know, like, like I gotta be that person. Attitude. Yeah, exactly. Like some sort of weird cultural juxtaposition that I just, it's like, as yeah. soon as she starts singing, I'm out, I'm out. Yeah. Um, well, she did that. I mean, she did that thing, I think where it was of the moment and not considered, nobody really complained about it yet at that point, but like she was of the era where she was like culturally appropriating to, to like look ethnic or come off, Ambiguously ethnic. She has some racial she, you know, Excessive bronzing, right? Maybe? Yeah, let's. <laughs> in the same realm as, like, you know, I think Pink, like when she came out at first, you were definitely, in my opinion, they definitely wanted you to think she was like Latina, you know? Mm-hmm. The cuff, the way they styled her, they like definitely like darkened her skin or di- in, in the cover art, you know, the album art. Yeah. And it was just of that moment where it was like, I think a way to get it, even, even like back when Pink was singing R&B, the, right? Sometimes yeah, it bees like that. Safari, exactly. Sometimes it bees like that. Yeah. It's like, Pink, you talk like a way. Alicia. So, right, Alicia. Uh, Alicia from Pennsylvania, wherever she's from, like Doylestown. <laughs> um, so, yeah. but so I, I'm, I'm noticing a through line in our first three choices. Whereas that I think, and I think we're going to deviate off this because we're going to move into some truly, truly just not even redeemably, like, just awful, awful territory. But there's something about these three songs, all three of them go full throat for the moment, even if that moment is a week, you Mm, know? And in that moment, it burns so bright and so strong that there's no way that it could ever be considered timeless. It is of that time. And I think that is- there's no nuance. There's no nuance that could be left for interpretation. But that's also why they're huge hits. Right. That's true. You know, they're these wrecking balls. They existed then and could only exist then. And and they come in, it's, it's a sort of kind of pop hit making where they're like, all right, there is a there is a gap. It's in, in the in, in the in the consciousness, and we're going to fill it, and we're going to do it so uh, unapologetically that we're going to we're going to we know that this will be looked back on in ten years and be like this is one of the worst things ever. But there, you know, yes. and, and Brian said it with "You're Beautiful." There, that was song was pretty much universally appreciated at the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It kind of did the same thing with the well. I don't know. I, I don't dislike Jason Mraz, but oh. that song reminds me of I'm Yours. Oh, speak freely. Same speak fr- speak Sl- freely. with the, impunity, my friend. On Mr. A to Z. Oh, or the M- <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate Jason Mraz. That, that song, though, also that sort of reggae, Scooby-dooby white doop, reggae. Boop, boop, well, also, you, right, as well, the, Jason Mraz, when he came out with that little reggae ukulele vibe, oh, that, 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 right, the, the Hawaiian reggae shit, that was also capitalizing off of, um, what was that, that, that Hawaiian version of Over the Rainbow? That became oh, a Israel, big viral Israel, exactly Israel something so the K right. I, so I, that I, was a huge hit and then it was like oh let me write a little, well, little she's also the island jam it's the Jack Johnson banana pancakes yeah I was gonna say Jack Johnson it was like the moment of like three four or five like white guys who performed without shoes on oh my god they performed barefoot and it was like 
Ew, yeah. guys, put some shoes they, on. Like, what are you doing? Like, I got to say, as someone, you know, now that we're living in the woke world, these are the white, that's like the white guys that ruined my fucking life. Like, I could have had a career, <laughs> and then these dudes hit that shit so hard, they just trashed it all. I got not, there's nothing left for me. Oh, there's man. nothing left. They had to take it all. Okay, sorry. Let me not get on my, all right, we're going to move on to one of Elliot's <laughs> picks here. Um, oh, yeah. Let's dial this up here. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'd ever this heard a, this song before you. Bring on the trash. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Do you know this tune, Brian? I fucking know this song. This was huge, and it's so bad. <laughs> oh, he can't even sing. <laughs> Oof. When is, what is this? What song oh. is this, Elliot? This song is called Fuck It. <laughs> I Don't Want You Back, in parentheses, of course, by Iman. And I think, and I know he was from Staten Island. Shaolin. And I remember very clearly, distinctly, being like on a weekend retreat with like my acapella group at NYU. A retreat, you know, that happened pretty right re- regularly. <laughs> and I forced everyone in the car to listen to this song because I was tearing my hair out at how bad it was, and it was such a huge hit. And I was like, "How is this a song?" He can't sing. The lyrics are written by like a child. His voice is off, the vibrato is off, and it's so simple and bad. And I had no idea how it was popular. I don't, I never, when did this come out? Cause I must have been I, off of- It was like three. Okay. This was from 03 also? About there. And the video for it is ba- baffling. And this isn't a regional hit? Like this was a big hit? Or this, this isn't some weird New York I shit? I think it was. I think it was a, I, I don't know if it was a regional hit. I thought it was, it did well, but it certainly felt regional, especially if you watch the video where it's like. This was oof. like an international hit. I think they, it, it, it. This makes no, I mean, this song lives in the same realm as like Amanda Perez, who sang the song Angel. I remember that song, same era, like same thing with like Lumidy. Oh, Lumi, oh, I remember Lumi D for sure. Oh, that almost was, made my list, but I was like, when was, I put it on, I just started dancing. So I was like, oh, I can't, I can't What's really. the Lumidy hit again? What's that if one? You want me yeah. to stay. Oh. Yeah. See, oh. As as we but she like she like Iman is is it it's Eamon, isn't it? Is it, is it I think it pronounces it Eamon, right? Eamon, maybe it's Eamon. He pronounces it. Either way, like Eamon, Eamon, are all they're both flat, and these songs are super popular. I think in this weird moment where suddenly there was a handful of pop songs or like R and B or sort of like urban pop songs that really veered on being them singing sharp or flat. Mm-hmm. This was one of those songs, and it made me mental. Yeah, yeah, um, and just—I mean, so this was a, this was a top six, top twenty Billboard hit, but it hit number one in the UK, in the Netherlands, in Italy, in Denmark. <laughs> I mean, it, it was an international, global smash. Um, and I don't know why, because it's so. There's nothing interesting about it. It's super See, simple. I've revealed this before, and when we did on, in our Latin Soul episode, which you can reference with Steven Salcedo, we talked a little bit about freestyle, and I have this penchant for the kind of round-the-way singer who's slightly flat, but that's, you know... <laughs> I, what, I love that. I yeah, love it. Freestyle but not, music, I'm, I'm with it. I, I kind of, there's something, but there. that's when, like, the, the you know... It's it's a the groove is happening and like the song is happening. This has this the groove is awful here. The song is awful here, and I just I, the intonation is just definitely, yeah. You know who uh, you know Not who good. discovered Amen was one uh, 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 Milk D of Audio Two. 
I have uh, no idea who any of that. No top Dylan Milk is chilling. Giz is chilling. What more can I say? Top Dylan. You don't know this? No. Top Dylan? No. I don't know Brother this. Brother of MC Light? Uh, uh, but okay. you remember how, uh, in last, uh, last week's episode, the Motown one where we talked about shop around and it had an answer back record record called don't shop around. <gasps> Apparently the success yes. of fuck it. I don't want you back, uh, yes. prompted a response record by an artist, uh, That's named, right. named Frankie, uh, called F F U R B fuck you right back, which, wow. uh, <laughs> wow. It, it, these songs barely have, I mean, I wouldn't even say they have three chords. It's like one chord the whole way through and it was enough to spur off a, a retort like <laughs> that's wild <laughs> allow me to retort and apparently maybe the, maybe the novelty maybe it was the novelty of the fact that each song had fuck in the war in the title maybe it did want to win a, a guinness world record for the most expletives in a number one song interesting see maybe that has something to do with it then we're looking but for- i would i would say that fits into this idea of i mean talk about something that burns bright in the moment and and you can right, never again. Never. It's I mean, this song no is replay that. value. It's yeah. garbage. Um, and he's nowhere to be found. I've I've looked him up, but he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> You're trying to get him to guest on one of your shows. Oh, I just want to find him. Um, all right. So this next song that Brian picked, I I take umbrage with this because I think this song is a jam. It does have a lot of lyrical problems. I will contest to that. <laughs> there are some real issues with this song. Ah. Uh, uh, I also got a Jordan Sparks. I got a real soft spot in my heart for Jordan Sparks and, and for Chris Brown. If I'm going to be honest, sure, yeah. <laughs> this is not not something I should admit, but I kind of love a little. You Chris. fuck with Breezy? Oh, I could like I got a couple of Chris Brown. Chris Brown is a terrible person, but he makes some pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I and I can I, I could watch him dance for like he's 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 up there, man. Yeah. Now Chris Chris is a, a talented dude. Jordan Sparks sings like an angel. Um, you know. I, I I I put this song in as my outlier pick because, you know, I kind of like it, but this lyric is so fucking bad. And Julian, you know me. I'm the first guy in the world that it, I, I scream from the mountaintops that lyrics don't matter well, we or that to- lyrics matter least. In a, in a in a pop song, right? Because it's you know the, the the beat and the melody and everything else is going to hit you first, well, and then if it's got a good lyric, then well, that's the problem it. with that's this the lyric, and I'm glad you brought this up because they're describing. A, a, a universe where, like where physics don't apply and that's what bothers me the most right because here they go in the second verse they're going to get to it right the whole thing is how, how are they supposed to breathe there's no air in this universe yet somehow they can magically sing and do whatever they're doing but it's the second verse for me that I find so disturbing right because are they in outer space and then it's isn't look right here here it comes yeah hit us with the second verse breezy There's no oh, gravity man. to hold me down for real. And then, and this is what's weird is that, <laughs> but somehow I'm still alive inside. You took my breath, but I survived. It's very strange because it's very specific. And it, they're clearly, oh, this is a great liquid. Go ahead, Jordan. She can sing her ass off. Come on. You know, I don't think, you know what, man? I don't think this song's just, bad. No, I like this song. Listen. 
it, it's, it, it's got a great melody. I dig it. But that fucking lyric is so bad. I just can't deal with... It's pretty stupid. How, how I'm supposed to breathe with no air, no air, no... Like it's just, and they, yeah. they keep singing this hook over and over again right. like it's something really fucking no, profound. No, it's, it's, no air, I think this is, this is a miscalculation of intensity is that the song was fine, but even just you saying, how am I supposed to breathe with no air? I can't keep a straight face. It just it. feels so fucking on the nose. Yeah. How am I supposed to eat with no food? <laughs> it's just so dumb, bro. Like, why, like that's not fucking poetic, man. It's, it's, it's terrible. Did you know this song is co-written by James Fauntleroy? No way. Yeah. So this yeah, must be early. This must be like right when Bruno's breaking, right? Eric Griggs, James Fauntleroy, Harvey Mason from the Underdogs, Damon Thomas, and Steve Russell, who was uh, in the R&B group uh, Troop. Uh, this, this may be yeah. on a couple of my workout mixes, though. I'm not going to lie. Is <laughs> it? Oh, yeah. When they <laughs> get to the same breakdown at the end, I'm like, I'm like in full on on the treadmill. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Bill Lamb of About.com wrote From the kickoff of Jordan's echoey vocals It sounds like no air is so light and weepy It needs special effects and production tricks To cover up the fact that there really is not much of a song here I think there's a song I just think it's a completely I think you hit, hit the nail on the head It's a great song But they're just The intensity is misplaced That's yeah, all Yeah, yeah Is I that re- this really Again, was it Did you really need to sing about not having air? <laughs> 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 Elliot, do you have any any thoughts to contribute to this uh, masterpiece? Yeah, was theory? that the metaphor you decided to go with? This was one of my like. This was on my uh, or might still be on my karaoke playlist. Oh, yeah, nice for duets. Did, did, I, you get you get someone if you get your Jordan in the room. This this would this song yeah. would crush. Or if you get your Chris, I've, which which part do you go for? Are you Chris or or Jordan on this? You, Elliot's got some range too. You probably could rock. Oh yeah. me? Oh um, I mean I think. Eat both, <laughs> probably both. Um, yeah, I think. Well, my next song is there is. I I actually think like again, you know, not to um, uh, tout my skills here, but this is um, this is song is so incredibly bad, and I forgot about this song. I forgot about it completely, and then as I was starting to research for this episode, I this came up, and I was like, oh my god, how did I forget about this? This masterpiece. This feels like a How Q dare and you? How dare you? This, this feels like a Q and on theme song. This this thing right here. <laughs> yeah. It's got that kind of vibe to it. <laughs> Not to mention the the court. Like that piano thing that's going on, check it out, right? But it cycles around this thing here. Hold on. Here. Like, what's going on there? Anyway, this is um, <laughs> Miracles by Insane Clown Posse. Oh, I don't think I've ever stopped to actually listen to an Insane Clown Posse song. I remember this because when the video came out, it was so over-the-top bad. Um This was like when ICP was getting deep. Yeah, this is like their deep because they're all the, the music you know, prior to this was all pretty aggressive, right? Like this was like, oh, yeah, we're gonna stop and talk about the wonders of the universe, bro. I mean, I, I just need to read some of the lyrics of the song to you guys, so you because it just sound it sounds so basic and so not miraculously awful. <laughs> but um, I'm just oh yeah, let me get the chorus there. Do you notice and recognize miracles? If that's not some QAnon shit I've, I've ever heard. Um, I'm going to read these lyrics real quick. 
Uh, if magic is all we've ever known, then it's easy to miss what really goes on. But I've seen miracles in every way, and I see miracles every day. Oceans spanning beyond my sight and a million stars way above them at night. We don't have to be high to look in the sky and know that a miracle's open wide. Look at the mountains, trees, the seven seas, and everything chilling underwater. Please. Hot lava, snow, rain, and fog, long-necked giraffes, and pet cats and dogs. These are the real lyrics of the song. <laughs> and I've seen 85,000 people all in one room together as equals. Pure magic is the birth of my kids. I've seen shit that'll shock your eyelids. <laughs> oh, my God. There's also, I was looking, I was looking at it. There's a line, magnets, how do they work? That's the best one. Yeah, magnets, magnets how, do how do they, they work? work? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yes, I never understood. I honestly like I didn't know if like the joke was on us with the with ICP. Is the joke on the audience is the joke on us. Is there no joke? Like, and my sisters, one of my sisters' good friends, went to the went to the Juggalo Fest or whatever oh, the, it's called, um, like the gather, gathering, gathering of the, of the Juggalos. Juggalos. I'm dying. Gathering, to go to right? And he got he took so many pictures and they were batshit, <laughs> and he made a collage out of them just to like laugh. And I'm like, what? What am I looking at? But also, the, I remember they would send people from Stern, from Howard Stern, would go to the uh, to the to jug to that. What was it called? The Gathering <laughs> of the Juggalos. Gathering, yeah. And then the the stories of p- 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 money, money, like the amount of like scat going on, and like <laughs> the type of sex being had at this at the <laughs> gathering is like nauseating. Nauseating. Also, we they're from Detroit. They're this, from Detroit. This, we yeah. should have had them on last we week. We should have had them on just to watch Brooke's face. Watch uh, your face point just out. completely contort when we play this. <laughs> also, they canceled this year's Gathering of the Juggalos due to COVID concerns. Well, so you know, they, they're actually not 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 as ignorant as uh, as maybe they come off. Smash See, mouth. I think there's something about their Unlike music. Smash Mouth, right. Right, unlike Smash Mouth. Um, and uh, fucking chain smokers. Ugh. Uh, who may make an appearance a little Ugh. later on. Um there's something about uh, the I find very endearing about the Insane Clown Posse is that I feel like they're representing this demographic that doesn't get spoken to. But there I is think so too. There is some like this does feel a little Pizza Gate-ish that they're. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if they yeah. don't believe that there is a basement in a pizza parlor where oh without a doubt where uh, you know Hillary Clinton and associates line up and um, yeah I think there's an earnestness to the to, to these guys even though they paint their faces up as 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 clowns. And their following is like super devout and 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 die hard, and they they got a legit community. But I think we may I think we may be selling them short, man. I I I, I feel like the ICP would not be would not be Q and I and on guys. I mean, no, they're not. I think there I think there's something about them. There's there's nothing arch about them. I mean, and this mm-hmm. song is really like, you know. How do, mag- how do magnets work? They they want it. They, they want. They're questing for knowledge. At the end of the they're, day, right? They're real about it. You know what I mean. I mean, it's to their concerts. They have freaking backyard wrestling matches. I just remember when that video dropped on YouTube. I think I watched it like 50 <laughs> times in a row. I was just in, in, in amazement that this is a piece of popular culture being consumed by people. Um, Do you think it was done with with knowledge of its campiness when it was when it see, happened? That's, see, that's where maybe this one doesn't apply because there there is a level of camp with them, right? Like. They're, yeah, like how, how well, even sure. even they paint their faces like clowns. Like, well, there's nothing camp about James Blunt. There's nothing. No, there's nothing camp. ICP is so campy that I think part. I mean, that's part of the fun is trying to decide whether or not they know they're in on the joke right. or not. And I honestly, I'm not sure. Which they have great rap names, by the way: Shaggy, Too Dope, and Violent J. <laughs> 
it's just well, they, they are a great rap band that just went a little too far <laughs> that's pretty much what happened they just like they there were like certain lines that just like hey don't do the face paint and don't you know they crossed a few too yeah. many lines and i think they definitely have a, a thing that maybe because don't they come out of the rap metal world like aren't they sort of cousins of limp biscuit like time cr- that's what i thought chronologically at least i think or they're they more li- rap than rock Right. And the first place I ever heard them, I, it was a soundtrack. You know, back remember remember when soundtracks to movies were a thing. You know, you just had like it was like all the all the rap acts of the day would be on this this soundtrack. So, Insane Clown Posse was on a soundtrack. I can't remember which one it was, but the the song itself was called Chicken Hunting, Chicken Hunting, and it was talking about them like hunting rednecks in the street to shoot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were just like a, a hard, real hardcore screamy ass rap group. Would you ever consider uh, doing a version of Miracles on stage, Elliot? I, I yes, absolutely. Okay, good. I'm glad that I feel like I we're it's very yeah. It's potent. It's always it's for it's forever potent and and per, and like begging for some sort of tribute slash mockery. All right, we're moving on to Elliot. We're just we're we're flying through these today because they're just so good. They're so much fun. This is another great Elliot Glazer pick here. It starts with a mellow kind of ukulele section, of course. Oh, God, I hate a fucking uke. I'm sorry to all Hawaiians, but like these these pop songwriters have ruined a ukulele for me. Actually, it's more of a guitar. My skin is crawling. Bay and anniversary. So this is not a kids' bop song, although very well could be. Who are we listening to, Elliot? We're listening to Megan Trainer sing "Dear Future Husband." It's like, oh, it's like the most disgusting, blatant play of Amy Winehouse at its very worst. If you were to ask, like, what's how, you know, like, give me the worst. The worst cover of an Amy Winehouse song. This would be it. Yeah, let's take out all the edginess out of anything Amy did. Yes. Well, her stuff always. This feels like that Sean Kingston tune, the Beautiful Girls. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Also, another awful. Awful. they this make one. me sue. So I think we can generally agree that the entire genre of like non-roots pop reggae, basically anything that has a remote kind of reggae or dance hall feel to it that's incorporated into pop music is pretty much egregious, right? Does this feel oh, reggae? I think this feels just well, this is like, like old-timey. Yeah, this doesn't feel like reggae. Yeah, it feels no, like... No, she's a, got a little bit of that, 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 that... Like, there's a little dance hall vibes going on in some of the... like. A, not, I don't I don't hear it in this. I just hear her doing that, like, atrocious, like, completely edgeless, background version of, like, 50s doo-wop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it. 50s doo-wop would not have the... Ooh, 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 right, but that's ooh. because she's like, I'm edgy, right. too. And... and Oh, she makes me nuts. Also, like, the accent she puts on, she uses, like, a black accent. Yeah. And, like, she uses it in every song she does. And it was really hard for me to pick one Megan Trainor song because I mean, all so many the, of them make me. All about the bass was pretty uh, special. I, I'll, I'll say that one. I'll, I'll give her that one because it was, you know, catchy or whatever. But, like, these other versions, these other songs from that one album specifically, which, by the way, she named Title. As it, because the apparently the story goes, what do you want? The record company said, what do you want the title of the album to be? Your debut album. And she thought it was funny to name it, oh, title. Just title. What do you want the title to be? Title. 
like lol like that's your legacy you're gonna like goof off on your first album i mean she makes me nuts man she makes me nuts (laughs) and this song in particular is also so backwards and so she was like a type of person who said like i don't like i don't know what a feminist is so i'm not a feminist she also said she didn't want to vote in 2016 she had no interest in voting and i'm like i despise all the things you choose to be as michael scott said I hate all the things you choose to be. So it's just the vacuous. So vacuous. So, oh, well, here's, I mean, I, I've done my research. She would talk, yeah, yeah, she would talk about, she's talked about how she's quote unquote, Trini to the bone, Trinidadian to the bone. Wait, because her aunt married a Trinidadian man. So oh. she, by marriage to her uncle by marriage is, Trini to the bone. Oh my God! So she's not. Up. She's not. She's not only like inviting herself to the cookout. She's declaring herself to actually yes, be Trini. Trini. Trini, Trini. To the bone. Wow. By the way, it's like she's from Nantucket, and like I'm not going to. She's from a bad Nantucket. I don't. <laughs> Nantucket. <laughs> I did a gig in Nantucket. It is the whitest place I have ever yeah. been. It is so much madras. Aside from a Bob Dylan okay. concert. That's a lot of Jewish people in a room, first of all. And that's, again, yet another anti-Semitic slur from your out the mouth. Once again, you're bringing up Bob Dylan. He, he is nowhere to be in this podcast because everything he's ever written is at the high watermark of genius. But anyway, besides the point, God damn, get me so angry. Um, no. It, it, I would never say he's Trini no, to he the bone. <laughs> he would not. He knows a little better. Than- he would cover Trinidadian you know, music and wouldn't make a thing about it he'd just be like yeah would, did a trinidadian but, but that's, album but I, so am i wrong I, I mean i think that's her whole kind of faux dance hall thing like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel i didn't hear any island vibes in that i just heard old timey 60s you would do the twist to this but i don't know like i think maybe it's the production or i i swear to you all i hear in that is when i think of the music i think of her doing the hand thing from the hand job, whatever it is from greece like we go together like all I just hear like bad, bad, a very bad attempt at doing retro, like taking Amy Winehouse, but also trying to do like the Supremes and trying to do a Motown. Th- it makes my skin crawl. It's so bland. Right, it is like kids bop. It's what you were hit on the thing is that with Amy Winehouse, she's like this is like the carbon copy of the carbon copy of the carbon copy. It's like Amy hits, then you get Adele, right? Then like it goes a few more down the line, and then you get Duffy, and then you get get Megan Trainer. Then it's like it's like no, it's like Megan Trainer is so far down the line because yeah, it's like seven or eight like yes, Adele is Adele, and but also like Amy was doing something unique to you know she was doing a sound, but also like. She was talented. There was so much feeling in the music. Like it just transcended everybody. Whereas this is literally like pre-wrapped kids bop where you can tell like it does. There's no there's not even an attempt to make the instruments sound like anything other than computer made. That was just kids bop. I want to express to the listeners that like Elliot is worked up right now. Like you're like you're like you're like you're in a frenzy and like (laughs) justifiably. But like this is you're legit. You fervor. You're like a preacher on the mount talking about this is I my boyfriend likes Megan Trainer and we've had to really kind of <laughs> find like this, you that know, was, find a could that balance. in the quarantine could have broken it, right? Basically. Oh, it could have, of course. He knows when to stop though. He'll play it for me and then he'll see me like starting to rage and he's like, All right, we you've had enough. He does it to like get my goat, which is fine. <laughs> 
So there's a little bit of a kink in it. I try to add, speaking of like spouses or whatever, when when researching like some of the songs that I hate so much for inclusion on this list, I was trying to get a Ja Rule song on because I I just remember in his heyday, I hated him so much and I I kept playing them. And and Caitlin, my my, uh, fiance, was just dancing to it. She's like, no, you can't put this on this list. I love this song. I love this song. I'm like, all right. Um, Fine. So Ja Rule got a stay of execution. Surprisingly, Insane Clown Posse was the, I'm not going to say it's hip hop, but it was the only hip hop. (laughs) Your wife loves, your wife. My, my wife loves ICP. My wife's a juggalo. Me. Okay, <laughs> you know, I let my, my I let my, the heart want, wants what it wants. <laughs> my my heart wants. She's from the Midwest, you know, bro. My heart wants a juggalo. Wants a rust belt face like painted it. lady who who just lets. Um, I think you need to write that song. I fell, I fell in love with a juggalo. Just, listen, that's I, I would do it. Um, okay, so this is Brian's next pick. I honestly, Brian, this one I'm a little disappointed in, in the sort of basicness of this because I feel like. If you're going to go this route, there's so many bolder choices. You're <laughs> disappointed in the basicness of the song or of my choice? I just feel like this is so basically bad that <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't I don't I don't hear this band getting slandered enough. <laughs> just listen to this trash. <laughs> oh my god. I cannot express to you how much I fucking hate this band and this song. Uh, we're not even at the chorus oh, yet. No, no. it's going to take stretch this out is this like verse. a sweet, sweet marinade right here. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's this chorus is pretty. It's so fucking atrocious. Here it goes. Oh my god. Oh. So tell us who are we listening to, Brian? Who are we listening to? We're listening to the Spawn of Satan, uh, a band known as Three Doors Down. And this is the third single from their second studio uh, album, uh, Away From The Sun, from 2002. And um, I just abhor this fucking band. This, uh, I don't know. It just, they strike me as like the quintessential toothless, uh, edgeless, flyover state rock. I don't even know where they're from. Um, I'm assuming from from the flyover states. Are they a religious um, band? I don't think so, but I do know that they, they played Trump's like they inauguration. Well, they yeah, were the they only, they were like the big ticket act that played oh, Trump's really? inauguration. Oh, really? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Re-doors. they were the only ones. But, I mean, do you hear that? I just remember when 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 um, their first single came out, I think it was called Kryptonite. Do you remember that joint? If oh, I go crazy, yeah. then would you still call me Superman? Oh, hell yeah. I'm like, this band is a poor man's candle box. Do you know how fucking bad you gotta be to be a poor man's candle box? Uh, awful. It's just garbage. And I think also, this, this song is from O2. Um, and it grew in popularity. It was, I think it was already a hit single, but then it grew in popularity following the start of the Iraq War and kind of became uh, like an they, anthem. I'm gonna for look like this up because they have and their to families be a Jesus man. Like in, you think that they're a Jesus? I don't think they. they have, I, mean, I think they have to be too. I like, think they are probably like the name, Christians. The name but I don't was think like three doors down from God, and they changed it or something. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you think like they're like a jars of clay DC talk? Um, they're well. Their associated acts are puddle of mud, Nickelback, and Shinedown. Mud. <laughs> 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 and I think they're the worst band out of that group. They're pretty bad. They're they're worse. Than- you know, like I'll take Nickelback, I'll take Shinedown, and they're freaking. Led Zeppelin covers. Who was the other one? Puddle of Mud. Puddle of Mud. Yeah, I'll take Puddle of Mud over them. And they're from Mississippi. They're from fucking Mississippi. Of course they are. This band is garbage. And this song is a hot, steamy turd. Ugh. They, um... 
Yeah, there's nothing like distinctive about them. That's that's why they're so bad. They're just so. It's just right. It's so toothless. It's bland as fuck. If you love, like, right. you, this, I, I, I don't want to offend anybody. But this is anybody. If you like this, this shit, then you have horrible taste. It's not even that you have horrible taste in music. That you should probably question if you have an identity. If you like this, like, <laughs> who are you? Who are you? What are you? Yo, let me let me let me let me read to you what Brad Arnold, the songwriter for the song, says. He said the inspiration for the song was his ex-wife and explained the song was written about their lonely night spent on the road promoting the band and how tough it was to be away from their significant others. But he also explained the story behind the song. He says it's, it's about being away from someone or missing them and it really doesn't matter if you're here without them all day or all month. It's about the loneliness of missing somebody. But in a way, people take that as a little bit of a sad song and I kind of meant it as a happy song because it's talking about being here without you but she's still with me in my dreams. Oh boy. You know, oh, yo, it's, it's deep, Brad. Are, are these guys worse than Daughtry? It's, I think they occupy the same yeah, exact but that, space. It's important. I don't know who's worse. You know, Daughtry, you know, he, Daughtry's probably a stronger singer, you know, but then he, you know. So crazy that uh, Daughtry was want, on American Idol. Like, that's what Bert. Daughtry was on American made, Idol. It made him a thing. They, they both shop at the same, at the same stores and, and wear the same but affliction like, t-shirts what? and like bracelets with spikes what? on them. <laughs> What um, you know, where do you come? They got the same wallet chains. Like, like that's the culture of our country. Like, where, like, where do you like? Who gave birth to you? How many like lines down from not experiencing? Yes. I mean, I'm not gonna say that people who don't like. There's probably a lot of hardship for the people who love Three Doors Down. I'm gonna say they haven't. Exper- I want to say they haven't experienced pain, but there's just it's just a really. Ba- I don't even know, man. This feels like it. Oh, it's just culturalist. They haven't experienced any good shit. That's you know. Yeah, this to me is like like the wall. Like it's like wallpaper for people who think like like honestly the thing that this makes me think of is when i was working like the summer before college i worked in the um i worked in the stock room of a talbots (laughs) and the only thing i had to play was like the radio and it was like so much three doors down and it's like it's insult to injury very viscerally and distinctly remember the smell of like pumpkin sweaters like folding pumpkin Oof. sweaters you know and it's <laughs> to the music of three doors down and like Oof. vertical horizon and they were all interchangeable oh, to me God. she's the everything you want she's all the, all the same all the same oh. for me. um all right well this is another one of my selections and uh this is a this song is exceptionally horrible it is uh a, i mean it's Oh. It's just, it wears its awfulness on its now sleeve. That solo cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals. Oh my god. Do I don't even know what this is. Testicles if you prefer drinking from glass. Hey, red solo oh my god. Cup is cheap and disposable. In 14 years, they are decomposable. And unlike my home, they are not foreclosable. Freddie Mac kiss my ass. Oh my god. Ooh. It's, um, this song is so over the top though it might, I mean it's just It's like it knows how bad it is And it's just like fuck you I'm doing it uh, It's Who is it's Toby this? Keith And this is Red Solo Toby Cup. Keith. Mr. Will put a boot in your ass It's the American way Proceed to party It's like a command Proceed to party Oh I, I gotta say, I've never heard this before. I feel like it's kind of charming for him. Like this is this is the most personality I got out of this asshole ever. But I have to admit that the 
ladies get smitten, admiring how sharply my first name is written on you with a sharpie when I get to hitting on them to help me get lucky. I mean, it's horrible. He's in a he's in character, yeah. bro. Come I mean, on, well, so there's, not, there's a part of me as the lover of a narrative a song. Like, he's song. committing. He's committing to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, you, can you? This isn't like Randy Newman's Rednecks, where you, the, the, you are the singer is aware that he's terrible, and there's some sort of arch. You can't be arch and enjoy this song. There's no, I mean, there's no nuance. There's no nuance. But I see, I love a song with no nuance, Elliot. I love a like, I love a song that does what it says. But this is just. I just don't like this guy. Like, like if like this dude tells you who he is when he walks in the door, and I'm like, I just don't, I don't like you at all. This, you have no redeem. And you are That's a man right. that cannot separate song from artist. This is yeah. This is I have this person has no redeemable qualities. Um, <laughs> there's also some wrong facts that apparently like uh, Red Solo Cups actually take way longer than that to decompose. They're not. They're not 14 years. Oh. It's like something rid- absolutely ridiculous. Um, let me give you. Let me see more context about this song. I mean, this, I think I feel like this song was like a mega, mega, mega hit. It's only it's really the first song I ever heard from Toby Keith in terms of as a uh, a popular uh, like the, where he kind of you know I'd heard about him. Right again, he played the inauguration of Donald J. Trump. An- another yeah, Toby. Did. Oh, he did. Yep. Toby Keith. Did. So Toby and Three yes. Doors Down. Oh wow, wow, what a bummer. Um, although during his inauguration, he did thank. President Obama. So he played both sides of the field there. Oh, oh so I am. Uh, I'm trying to. I thought here. I thought here. I thought he was a patriot. The uh, yeah, he has. I think he has a song called "American Soldier." I mean, he's uh, he has a he wrote a song based on September 11th called "Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue." Right. That's right. the one that I, I just quoted that. before, where he says, "We'll put a boot in your ass." Boot it's the ass. American way. Yeah, it's it's pretty awful. It's pretty awful. I'm just trying to think um, about some other stuff about him. He he calls himself a conservative Democrat who is sometime in, embarrassed for his party. Um, whatever that <laughs> really? means. That's surprising. I think okay. we, I'm curious to see if, if he's going to be supporting Trump in this next uh, this next election. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, How would he not get canceled? And the and the Dixie Chicks did. That's that's strange. Because the Dixie Chicks are. Are on the they surface, spoke out against they're woke enough to be canceled. Bush. Yeah, like he's beyond true. canceling. You know, he's in. He's like kind of cancel proof yeah, armor yeah. on. This, it's like, yeah, you know, I don't even give a fuck. I never. Yeah. Oh my well, no, because his his base right. is you know they they clap for that type yeah. of shit. Um, you know, the Dixie Chicks. I guess they didn't. They didn't it's read kind the room. of good. I mean, like it. It's sort of a good song because it's so. Like I love that it's accurately describing. The, the the world that it is but it's just a horrible world it'd be like writing a, a song horrible. about like from the perspective of adolf hitler like i don't care how accurate it gets and how oh how at, like it's still a horrible <laughs> horrible thing yeah i don't need to hear that no no um i'm trying to think of what else that's... so he's singing the song from the perspective of a no, red he's solo singing cup? the song about the like why he loves red solo cups and what and what uh, they mean it would have been cooler if he was the red no solo he's cup. basically saying you represent my um <laughs> my lifestyle like uh and everything I'm... my owner horse me to right. his lips and um takes a sip and <laughs> so i guess he says this at the end he goes um Red Solo Cup, you're more than just plastic. You're more than amazing. You're more than fantastic. And believe me that I'm not the least bit sarcastic. See, that's where he really hits the nail on the head. He's like, I'm telling, I'm saying what I mean here. 
when I look yeah. at you and say, Red Solo Cup, you're not just a cup, you're my friend. Thank you for being my friend. Uh, so it's an alcohol, uh, it's a song about alcoholism. It's yeah, a cry it's for a cry help, for bro. Help. I, we're over here trashing Toby, and Toby needs, you know. Maybe this song is great. Maybe it is. Now I'm starting to change my opinion. I think maybe, yeah, um, I think, I think maybe I, I fuck with Red Solo Cup. All right, well, we've cup. got one more song on our playlist. Um, and I think I'm going to say we have left <laughs> the most egregious, most spine tingling, most wildly inappropriate song. We and and, and and there is a huge canon for this kind of song in popular music, but this is on a level of line crossing that I don't think uh, I, it's just it's just inappropriate. When you talk about bad songs, this just this checks off every box. Hmm children playing in the beginning an ice cream truck (laughs) so you know you're getting ready for something serious Uh. (laughs) oh damn pause <laughs> what are these two things, sir? Okay. And she's daddy's little girl. This is Butterfly Kisses by Bob Carlyle. No relation to Belinda. Kiss a little bit. You can see him pumping his fist in the air when he sings Joy. <laughs> So, as a father of two, I find this song beyond repugnant in every way, shape, and form. <laughs> I had to have somebody explain to me that butterfly kisses mean when a man, or I guess in this case Bob, would put his eyelash or she put her eyelashes on his cheek and would like up and down her bat her eyes. <laughs> you you aren't aware of what a what a butterfly kiss was? Not yeah. until I heard the song. You, you open your eyes. Up and down on someone's cheek. Disgusting. And like <laughs> in COVID, also, that just sounds outlandish, bro. Uh, but also like I I in all honesty, like as a Jew, I'm like, this song represents to me the epitome of like Goyesha. <laughs> yes. Like the I know it's a Christian song about midnight prayers and kissing my daddy or whatever, but it's like it is also the 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 it is the oh it is the epitome of I mean like it's Ethnic, there's no ethnicity in it. It's just the most pallid. But this song is like this is the the the, the, the pedophilia is like not. It's just like fully rampant in every lyric. It's like it's literally he is going as far as he possibly can with the emotion in his voice and the lyrics, short of saying I want to fuck my daughter. Like it's it's whoa yeah 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 yo 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 But I didn't even I didn't even think of it that way. Like I mean I, I definitely thought it's a sweet song. It's just so fucking tacky. But I think it's also, it just makes me think of like, I remember it was on Oprah. I remember as a kid seeing them talk about it on Oprah and I was like, this is the least Jewish thing I have ever seen in my life. No, only like Jewish, Chris, right. white Christians can get away with talking about butterfly kisses and make that song go huge. There was like a book, I think there was like a movie about butterfly kisses no. after midnight prayer. First get of all, here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend. <laughs> Wait, why is your kid stayed up so late? Midnight prayers, bro? bro? I'm gonna defend my pedophilia take here. Listen to these lyrics. I'm just gonna read these to you. You sound, you sounding real QAnon. I'm right gonna now, read son. this to you right now 
This is this. If there ever was a case for Pizzagate, it's butterfly kisses. Listen, right? Okay. Let me find are, out you're tweeting pizza emojis at Bob There are Carlisle. two things I know for sure. She was sent here from heaven, and she's daddy's little girl. And she's like little right, girl. right off the bat. That's two things you know. Oh, you know oh, that for sure. Okay, great. Wow. This is uh, as I drop to my knees by like what the fuck at, by her bed at night. She talks to Jesus, and I close my eyes and I thank God for all the joy in my life. But most of all, for butterfly <laughs> Listen, kisses gonna... after bedtime prayer, sticking sticking white little little white flowers all up in her hair. If that's not fucking semen, I don't know what is. What? Come on, you don't see that no. shit? Sticking white little flowers are all, all up in her hair. Sometimes little white flowers are just little white flowers. And I'm not well, going to sit here and stand for this Christian bashing as a man of God. But to Julian's point, when he says, when he says sticking the flowers, when he says all up in her hair... <laughs> No, no, there's something hostile about it. It's not, you could have just like, I put nice flowers in her hair. You didn't need that for the extra syllables. He, that's walk besides the pony, daddy. It's my first ride. I know the cake looks funny, daddy, but I sure tried. Oh, with all that I've done wrong, Uh, he's culpable. With all that I've done wrong, I must have done something right to deserve a hug every morning and butterfly kisses, which is a euphemism for fucking oral sex from your daughter. I'm sorry. Done. (laughs) You're a horrible human and you're just projecting because you don't love your daughter. Doesn't stop. Sweet 16 today. She's looking like her mama a little more every day. Come on. Come on, come on, one part woman, (laughs) the other part girl to perfume and makeup from ribbons and curls is just fucking disgusting and revolting. This is gross. And Um, it paints that same picture of like, like it also traffics in the same creepy like pageantry talk mm. that also sexualizes kids. The way the way he describes her, it's like he might as well be talking about a beauty pageant. (laughs) Children's beauty pageant. (laughs) I have to say though, I'm reading the last lyrics and I got a little work. I get a little. He, he, he gets, he yeah, gets yeah, me yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, with the bride listen. shit, where he's like, he's giving the. A, he's like, he turns it around. Now she's getting married, and you listen, know, like, listen. I, I, I let the Goyasha uh, speak. I think, I think. Do I count as Goyasha? Are you kidding me? I thought you, you had to be like white. You, you got all worked that. up last year. Right. You, right. You, right. No, 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 no. You got all worked up when you couldn't take your daughter for her first uh, Rockefeller Christmas. That was like, you know, you about to lose it. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. you love you love yourself from Jesus whatever it's not goyasha oh wait no no, exp- no explain to me what goyasha is I thought no. that was like white no, Anglo-Saxon blonde uh, waspy shit oh no it is I mean the way I think of it it is where it's it's not, not it's not Christmas like that's not it's not that it's like it's these the whole things that are these things that are so far away from like anything Jewy okay. like a song like this that's like it just feels so far away it's like. The way she's described, it feels so. It ju- it's not just like being Christian or Christianity. It just feels so just like Jews would far not do from this. New York, far. Jews, like Jews would never go near this. Right, right, right. That right, is right. little girl. She's the princess with the curlers in her. Hair. It's like <laughs> right. Ew, ew. Also, all right. I'm, I'm gonna let you speak in a second to defend the song, right? But I have to say, like, whenever <laughs> like a man in a song talks of knowing womanhood and ushering a a, a girl into womanhood, that is a surefire pedophile red flag like men don't know Wrong. shit yep. about womanhood like like it's just it's just that that i that that reeks of like of menstruation and fucking puberty and like it's just <laughs> just like it's just all it's like carry it's like some carry shit i think um, i think you're reading 
too Bro, much into it. I think this. I think the song sorry, plays I want to also well apologize as a daddy. I was. I was. I crossed the line there with my verb words. But you know what I'm trying to say. The song got me worked up. I, I know it's not cool. I think. Look. I think it's. I think it's cheese ball city. It's. It's. It's quite possibly one of the cheesiest songs I've ever written. But I think it just loves his fucking daughter. He wrote a song about his. You know. Like, there's hard, there's, there, there, there are not, there are not very many wedding? good songs. Uh, would you play it at your daughter's matter? wedding? Probably but not. But no. have you have you have you? No. I almost included. So there's a song like this that I always had fucking hated by Mark Anthony. Do you know this one, My Baby You? But because oh, I, I am now the father of a little girl, I'm like, oh, I can't hate this song as much as I used to because you it's can't. But you know, like, I I'm it, sorry. You know? I, I I am also the father of a three year old. I know, but you don't love your kids. That's true. <laughs> that's it. That's, that might be it. I don't love them. <laughs> I love them before COVID. I don't love them anymore. Um, now, the, uh, no, but I just, I just feel like I would never use that language to describe my daughter in any way, shape, or form. Mm. You know, it's like it's very. It's like it's, it's just, it just traffics in the. This wrong is how you know vibe. it's wrong. Don't say traffic. <laughs> I shouldn't say traffic. <laughs> if he was singing about a boy, how fucking weird would it be? So weird. Like, if you use all the same imagery, but we flip the genders and it's the dude singing about his son this way. He's a man now looking just more like me every day. It'd be fucking weird uh, as fuck. It only gets off because of some weird daddy's little girl bullshit. Yep. Daddy's little girl. Yep. I, but that's th- right. th- there's a thing, man. Dads and their daughters got to fucking. You, you, you know, can listen to Butterfly Kisses with Camila, your, your beautiful baby girl, all you want <laughs> and destroy her life. <laughs> Listen, you just hate nice things. Um, that's it, Elliot. This has been amazing. Like, I want to do. Oh, we. I want to like do this every. This. I, I, this needs to be like a regular. We want you, thing, if you're yeah, willing, I, Listen, I can I shit a, on musical. I have there. a library of songs that just make me. Yeah, I have a library, and and so uh, I think this will go live. You're doing your live stream of haunting renditions on Wednesday night. The, yes. the, the day that right. Wednesday and night. Who are your guests this week? Uh, Scott, uh, Scott Hoying from Pentatonics. Nice. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. Yeah. He, him and, um, Larry Owens, uh, and I are going to do like a name that riff Amazing. kind of thing where we find like iconic riffs, very gay and, uh, very Larry's gay incredible too. And then, also, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's incredible. Incredible. And then Naomi Perrigan and, uh, Matt Rogers as well. So like a, it should be funny. It's like 6 p.m. Pacific. And you're doing it through Dynasty Typewriter, right? It's through their their virtual. Right. DynastyTypewriter.com if you want tickets. And we're sending, putting a bunch of the proceeds to uh, the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. So it's all for a good cause. Um, We are so grateful to have you as a guest, Elliot Glazer. If you want to follow him online, it is pretty much Elliot Glazer everywhere. That's Elliot with one L. One L. Um, And also one of the, uh, and one T. And uh, a world champion... He's worth a follow just for his stories. He is a, you 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 are like you're a virtuosic user of Instagram stories. I have to say, Brian, you need Thank like. You. Remember, I was trying to hip you to Grace Spellman, Steely Dance. His stories are his stories yeah, yeah. are on that level of, oh, of amazing. This. Okay, I'm gonna hop on. I will hop um, on. And thank you for being our guest. Thank you guys for listening to this episode uh, called "The Cream of the Crap." You can check out the playlist. There'll be a link in the. <laughs> In the uh, sorry, I thought Brian was laughing. In the uh, podcast notes, and we'll be back uh, next week with another episode. Uh, signing off for the real gentleman of Queens. I am Julian Villard, and I'm B Ski. Peace be with you. Peace be with you.